miss it. I want to talk to you just for a couple of minutes about something that's important to all of us, something that we use every day. I want to talk to you about signs. And you say, well, I don't use signs. Well, you really do. Because if you're driving down the 408, you use a sign to tell you how to, when to get off. Actually, there's signs on the 408 that tell you that you're breaking the law or not breaking the law by the speed limit that you are going. There are signs everywhere. Everywhere you go, no matter what you do, we are directed by signs. But I remember when I was a kid, we lived in on the West Coast, and my grandmother lived in Texas, and we would drive Route 66. And when you're going through, like, like northern Arizona, there is absolutely nothing. Except every once in a while, you would see these giant billboards that would say, Indian Joe's Trader uh, Company, 2,000 miles ahead. And, and they had these giant uh, arrows, and they would use them. They would stick them in the ground, and, we'd, and my dad would tell me when I was a kid, they grow big Indians up here, and it terrified me. But I wanted to go to Indian Joe's Trading Company. And every so many miles, you would see it again, and you'd see it again. And, and finally, you'd, you'd get there, and if you got to the place where it said, don't miss it, turn here. If you missed it, as soon as you missed it, you said, ah, oh, you missed it, turn around. Signs everywhere. One, one, one of the greatest, if you're ever going through South Dakota, South Dakota has a place called Walls Drug. It's in the middle of nowhere. If you look up, in the dictionary or on your phone, nowhere, it will say sea wall drug. But they let you know you're going to get to the middle of nowhere about 250 miles away on both sides. It's an incredible event, but it's, it's about the signs that let you know. And it kind of builds up that anticipation. But we use signs all the time in our lives. But it's not just for direction. We use signs to determine if something else is going to happen. See, a sign could be an object or it could be a quality. It could be an event. Sometimes we, we, we see something and, and we're asking the Lord, oh, Lord, is there something that, that in my life, are you going to bless me in this? And then you feel like the Lord has given you a, a sign. It's an indication that, that God is with you or that you're on the right track. We look for signs in our lives. I want to talk to you about the greatest sign that's been ever given to humanity. 700 plus years before Christ was ever born, King Uzziah passed away and his son Ahaz rose to the throne. And like any new king, the other kingdoms around decided, hey, let's test him. So, so, several of the other kings, two, three of them, in fact, joined together and they were going to besiege Jerusalem, that they were going to try to take it over and divide the spoils amongst themselves. Ahab was 
or Ahaz rather, was, was upset. He was concerned. And, and he had decided that he did not know how to continue. The water supplies were getting low. The food supplies were getting low. So he decided, I think I will make an agreement with Assyria because if I make an agreement with Syria, then they will come and help me. He was trying to figure out on his own how to survive. You ever do that? You ever try to figure out how to get out of a situation? Now, I'm not talking about when you were a kid and you accidentally broke something because your mom and dad told you not to do something and then you did it as soon as they were gone and then it was broke and then you're trying to figure out how can I preserve my life by lying? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about his life was literally at stake and, and, and if they were to take over Jerusalem, he was going to lose his life. It wouldn't be just his kingdom it would be his, his life, his family's life, and anybody that served with him, their lives and their families. He was concerned. And God spoke to the prophet Isaiah and said, Isaiah, take your youngest son. He said, the king is over at checking out how much water supply they have. He's over at the pools. And he said, go over there and tell him, I've got this. That everything that you're worried about is not going to happen. Isn't that amazing? So Uzziah, or, so Isaiah goes and he tells him that. But here's the amazing thing. Isaiah spoke to him and said, God said, hey, ask for a sign. I'll give you a sign. I'll give you any sign that you want. Can you imagine if you had a situation in your life and, and, and God said, you know what, I'm going to take care of it and you can ask for any sign that you want and I'll do it just to prove to you that I am on your side. But you see, Ahaz had already made an agreement. He had already tried to figure it out on his own. So he said, God, I don't need a sign. And God said, because you don't think you need a sign, I'm going to give you the greatest sign that is for eternity. And this is what he said in Isaiah 7, in, in chapter 7, 14. He said, therefore, the Lord himself is going to give you a sign. Notice that. The Lord himself, not, not an angel, not a prophet, not a king, not a queen, but the Lord himself is going to give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and we'll call him Emmanuel. Now, Emmanuel means God with us. And you, and you wonder sometimes, well, why would, why would he give us the sign of a virgin birth? Because Isaiah was, was prophesying that 700 years down the road, that the Redeemer was going to come and he was going to take care not just of these little kings that were trying to take Jerusalem, but he was going to take care of the number one enemy of humanity, and that is sin and death. And he was going to conquer them through the blood of Jesus Christ. He gave us the greatest sign that we could ever have that God is with us. 
If you've ever wondered, is God on my side? Is God with me? Is God helping me? Is God, does God really care? Does God love me? There is no greater sign, there is no greater evidence to prove that God is with you than he robed himself in flesh and became humanity that we may have eternal life. We're celebrating the birth of Christ. See, but it had to be a virgin birth. We've talked about this, and, and, and I know you understand this, but I want to reiterate one more time that it had to be a virgin birth because the very nature of humanity was was tarnished it was sinful it was carnal our very nature from Adam that we inherit has a sinful nature and you say well well can you help me understand what that sinful nature is sure I, I'll be glad to do that the Bible says we're, we're body soul spirit we and, and, and we're one. We're not, we're not three different beings, but we're one. But we're, we're composed of these. And, and, and they're all supposed to function in unison. Your spirit, your soul, and your body are all supposed to do the same thing at the same time. But have you noticed that your body doesn't want to agree with you? This is why Paul said, the things that I used to do, no, I'm not doing. And the things that I don't really want to do, that's what I'm going to do. What he was talking about, this wrestling match that we have within ourselves, and it's with our, our nature of sin, that we want to do good, but there's something in us that just doesn't want to do good. And that is the nature of sin. And the promise of, of the virgin birth is that we can be born again, not just with a carnal nature, but with the very nature of God. The Holy Spirit in us. And those that have the Spirit of Christ have the greatest promise ever given. The evidence, the sign, is that, that Christ was born of a virgin. And he did not have the nature of sin. And now, because of his sacrifice, we can have the very nature of Christ. What does that mean to us? Scripture says this. That when Christ returns and that trumpet sounds, if you have the Spirit of Christ, that same Spirit that was in Christ is in you, and it shall raise your mortal body from the grave. It will resurrect this carnal nature into everlasting life. The problem with humanity is we don't really want to look at this greatest witness, this greatest sign, this greatest evidence of our Redeemer because we keep trying to figure things out on our own. We keep trying to, to get around this very nature of sin, but the reality is there's nothing that we can do to stop the progress of time and to stop 
this deterioration and this finality of death. There is nothing that we can do. We'll try to prolong it. We'll try to to evade it. But it's going to happen to each and every one of us. And the only cure, the only way to to get around it is to have the, the Spirit of God in us. Christ in you the hope of glory. And the only way you can have the Spirit of God in you is to look at the greatest sign ever given us that there is a new hope, that there is a new Spirit, that we can have the very nature of God living and dwelling in us. That's the Spirit of Christmas. That's the Spirit of joy. That is the sign. God loves us. If you ever wonder, is God on my side? Look to the manger. For you will see God laying aside everything that we can have all things. Would you stand with me? I'm going to ask our praise team to come back and I'd like to pray with you. And I know in a minute it's going to snow.